thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. It's Niche's. It's Niche's quiche. Hi. Um, episode, what is it? Four. Four? I've done four. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening and uh, thanks for being my friend in my head. It feels, it feels like I'm talking to lots of people. Um, I don't know how many of you are out there, but it uh, feels really nice to be connected because I'm not really, I'm not a very social person. Um, if I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, if you, you if you see me at like a kindy drop off and um, you know pick up, I'm, I'm very social there. But just in general, I'm not at all. I don't really go. I don't hang out with people. I don't. Um, I'm a real little lonely guy. Hey there, little lonely boy. Um, in a good way, I think. I think that that's um, an okay way to be. I'm trying to be more so uh, a social being. And I'm trying my best, so yeah, I'm, I'm. Thank you. If you do see me in the street, by the way, I think it was an. Uh, someone sent me a message. I think it's Kate. Um, so Kate said that she walks past my um, kitchen window quite often and sees me doing the dishes. That's creepy. Just say hello. Next time, just say hello. You can just yell out and go, "I'm Kate." Um, that being said, I have a very. Uh, the, the, my kitchen window is really open onto, onto quite a busy street, so quite a, a few people do see me. But don't um, don't all start shouting out, just Kate, because um, it's weird. If you do see me in the street though, say hello. Don't toot at me in a car, because that's really scary. Anyway, that's um, I've got many stories of that, particularly in Adelaide, many newts tooting at me and following me uh, around the suburbs of uh, Prospect and North Adelaide. Not a good look. Um, anyway, so please refrain from doing so. This week, I have, I've decided what to deep dive this week. I had some great suggestions, really great one, in fact, um, which sounded, I thought, initially really quite boring. I've just got to find it here. It was, yeah, it was uh, Golden Retrievers um, as a deep dive, and I was like, yeah, whatever. But then uh, he gave me a little link. I can't remember who sent me this, but anyway, uh, the guy who, the first breeder, was his name was Dudley Coots Marjorie Banks. <laughs> this is real. The first Baron of Tweedmouth, also known as the Laird of Gushan and Glenfarrock. Anyway, um, he's a Scottish businessman and politician, uh, and he was the first breeder of the Golden Retriever. Anyway, I might deep dive that at some point, but this week I've chosen Fanta. I've had a fascination with Fanta my entire life. I don't know why. I don't like the stuff. Um, it's yucky. Uh, it's, a poor, it's a poor man's iron brew, really. Uh, it doesn't taste orangey. I mean, it's not. I've done the deep dive. I know what it's about, so we'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, and thank you for all the Bopsow stuff. So Bopsow was the band old people from shopping on weekends. And I put some merch up on Redbubble. Um, and the profit margin's awful, by the way. My God, so it's like 30 bucks for a shirt. Uh, to me and the designer, $4.60. What the fuck's going on there? So we might look at moving to a more sustainable site at some point if you want to get some Bopsow merch. Um, also, Nisha's Quiche t-shirts are coming as well. Yep! Uh, if you want to look at the work and the design of Cindy Sin, the guy who designed it, um, get on there and have a look, because he's uh, he's really good at art. You would, have, you would have seen his art everywhere. His art's everywhere. Um, but there was also some Bopsow outrage. People are so dumb. So, th th they can't see it's a joke. They think it's a legitimate movement 
to ban old people from shopping on weekends, you idiots. You idiot. You know what you are? You're an idiot. Um, so plenty of that stuff going on. Like people like, oh, yeah, but young people do it as well when they're on their phone. It's like, yeah, okay, this is not the point. It's a ridiculous, it's a stupid idea that I made up and it's not real. The word bop sow is fun. Oh, and someone sent me a great uh, um, email as well that said that their partner calls them foops, which is fuck off old people shopping. Foops. Um, foops is almost better than bop sow. Foop, but I didn't want to put the fuck off because I thought I'd probably get in more, more trouble. Um, anyway, so yeah, if you are, I mean, the people who are complaining like on social media platforms about this being a legitimate m- movement are not going to be listening to this. Um, if you are listening, stop listening. You're a fucking idiot. Um, anyway, I should stop swearing now. Stop swearing in your ear hole. And people gave me shit about wearing a wig. Like in the video, I'm allowed to wear, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. If I, if I choose to identify as a man with hair, then I shall. Okay. Um, speaking of dress ups, uh, Halloween was fun. And my little girl's won the, she won best costume. We dressed her as Skeletor. And I didn't force her into it. A lot of parents were looking at me like, you know, as if she'd like Skeletor. And I said, well, look, she didn't at first, but then I introduced her to Skeletor and she loved it. She watched the original cartoon and <laughs> um, he was a great villain. He's one of the best villains. Villains are the best. Uh, not like Jeffrey Dahmer, but um, people like Darth Vader, Skeletor. Who was another one? Uh, Dick Dastardly. Anyway, the yeah, villains are always more interesting, I think, than the hero. And uh, anyway, so her skillet, her skeleton, you can get on socials and have a look at her skeleton outfit. It was amazing. My partner Rosie made uh, the majority of the outfit. I did quite a bit of it as well. Um, sourcing and stuff like that, but um, I wasn't really, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a team effort at our house. Um, and it was really good. The only thing that's disturbed me about Halloween, it was very, I just noticed on the Saturday night, the Saturday before Halloween, it's very slutty, isn't it? And you know, I'm not slut shaming. It's great. You, you celebrate your bodies and stuff, but it is. It's, um, it is, it's a real slutty night. Like, like there's lots of uh, hot nurses and stuff like that. And I get it. Like, I've never really understood the sexy nurse thing. I guess, what, what level is it, did it go wrong? Or at what point did someone who was on their deathbed become aroused by a nurse? Anyway, I'd, I'd like to know the, maybe that's a deep dive for some time. The, the origins of, um, of sexy nurses and Halloween. Anyway, it's, uh, it is disturbing. I mean, you don't have sexy male nurses, but you should. Anyway, I'm probably sounding like an old man now, and that's fine. I'm 45. I'm allowed to sound like an old man because I am an old man. I'm aging out, people. These are interesting and challenging times. Um, if you're going to get upset at me, you can email me at niche. No, what is it? SamNiches at gmail.com. SamNiches at gmail.com. I'll drop the, uh, oh, hang on, I'll put the robot voice in. Here we go. SamNishasKeish at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, I like using, that's an app called Murph, where I get little robot voices to say things for me. Because I did a show last year and I talked to a robot voice the entire time. Uh, I think it was a good show. I was all right. Uh, now, speaking of Halloween, I still think, I don't know whether I mentioned this in the first podcast, but um, I really like the idea of funning Scarehouse. So Bunnings being turned into a really creepy Halloween venue. Anyway. But this is, this is what uh, leads me to this. So, okay, so Halloween's all about lollies, um, dressing up like hot and horny, um, death. So it's lollies, death, and sexiness is Halloween pretty much. So that's why my alternative, which what by comparison sounds like I'm running a church um, fate, 
the Silly Billy Walk. So I'm, I think we're going to be launching this in March next year. Uh, it looks really good, by the way. If you want to go check out uh, the website, it's Silly Billy, uh, Silly Billy Walk, I-E, so Silly, Silly, S-I-L-L-Y, Billy, as in Billy Eilish, B-I-L-L-I-E, walk.org. So check out sillybillywalk.org um, and you can see what it's all about and philosophy and all this type of stuff. Um, we're looking for sponsors, by the way. So if you are a massive business out there, email us. There's uh, links on the website. Um, so yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm going through the process now looking, looking at grants and all sorts of stuff. But the Silly Billy Walk, so it's nowhere near Halloween, but it's a similar kind of idea where you get dressed up and you look like an idiot. Um, and the joy being that you would nominate someone like your grumpy assed uncle to go on the Silly Billy Walk and he has to dress up like an idiot and he can't say no to you because you're raising money for your favourite charity at the same time. So he'd look like a real grump if he didn't dress up. So anyway, but there's no lollies involved. Uh, it's not sexy and there's no death. It's just silly. Because I imagine there's probably going to be... A, there, Halloween will get cancelled at some point. I reckon like it's going to happen. It's just the, the, the nature of uh, the way the world is going at the moment that people are upset by everything. But someone's going to bloody die of fright. Um, on Halloween or choke on a candy. I'm sure it's all happened before. It's probably in the works at the moment. People suck. People suck shit. Anyway, um, yeah, so Silly Billy Walk is kind of like the, yeah, just the purely, the, for the pure basis of being silly. So go check it out. Please go check out the website because I'm really keen to get some feedback if uh, people like it or not because um, I'm really excited by it. It's going to be my, it's basically, it's the reason why I'm studying psychology is so I've got the credentials behind me to run and organize something like the Silly Billy Walk for people. Um, because I, And it's not just about mental health and stuff like that. It's about everything in general. So like the world's so serious at the moment and, you know, there's recessions and, oh, my God, my tax debt, by the way. Fuck. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I guess you, you need to be reminded that you need to be silly sometimes. And, um, yeah, I'm starting the, the app as well. It's called Philosophy. Um, so it's all about silly little things to do. Anyway, lots of stuff going on. I'm really busy. I'm not making any money, but I'm really, really busy. I'm really, really poor. Um, I'm crying, literally crying poor, but that's okay. You can get on Patreon and back me up if you want, but you don't have to. Patreon on, on, on. Um, oh, by the way, uh, you have to, if you want to, if you do want to go on that link for Patreon, you'll have to go through my Facebook or my, um, uh, Instagram because... If you search for me on Patreon, you won't find me for some reason. I don't know how it works, but I think it's about the amount of... The more people you have, um, the more presence you have on Patreon. I don't understand it. It's just making other businesses money, all this shit. Redbubble, Patreon. We just get little Skerrix. That's what I'm going to start. I'm going to start a... Um, I'm going to start a, a website called Skerrix, where, you, um, where we collect change for uh, bloody clowns. Anyway, uh, hey, speaking of silly... Here's a, I'm just going to chuck this in nice and early just to, uh, to just to bloody cheer you up. Um, oh, by the way, it's hard rubbish time. That's exciting. Love hard rubbish. Fuck. I've got so much shit in the house because I think I mentioned before that I developed an addiction during lockdown where I uh, started uh, flipping furniture from deceased estate auctions. Um, so I've got so much stuff. But guess what you can't sell on Facebook Marketplace? Taxidermy deer heads. I bought one at a, um, and I know there's some people out there who go, you can't support the death of animals in the industry and all that type of stuff. I'm not. It's just, it was an interesting piece and I got it um, cheap. So I've got a, um, I've got a taxidermy and my, my wife hates it, hates it with her passion. So it lives under the house. 
So I thought I might as well try to sell it. And I, try, I put it up on Facebook Marketplace. They won't let you sell it. So anyway, it looks amazing. It's a full deer, a full deer head, like a bust, like on a um, like in a an English manor. So if you're interested in a um, taxidermy deer head, hit me up at samnishaskeesha@gmail.com. I'm not joking. It's a, I, I know that sounds like a lie, um, but but it is. I've I've got it there. I'm going to go through some letters in a minute. Oh, email. Sorry. I'd love to get mail. Good old-fashioned tactile mail. Um, but before that, it's a history of things. This is the history of moths. Moths. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons. The precise history of things. Moths. 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 The moth is a very tiny bird and is closely related to Ian Firth. I don't like that Ian Firth because I know that like he went into my lunchbox. But that's not really important right bars. now. Moths are the dodgy uncles of the animal world. They like to hang in wallets that don't have any money in them. Hmm. Suspicious moth. Hey man. Hello Bogan moth. Moths hang out in your old clothes. They're kind of like some type of op shop talent scout. Hey man. Get away moth! Hey Sam, what are you doing in the op shop? You can get away more too Patricia! And if you do want to get rid of a moth, you have to use moth balls. Moth balls are in fact cool mints that taste a lot like nanas. Nana. Moths are highly religious, but they find it very difficult to kneel and pray because they don't not have knees. Moths. Moths like having big weekends and can often be found just hanging out in little shorts and stuff and whatnot. Moths taste a little bit like nacho cheese flavoured corn chips and make a great snack for when friends just pop on in. Great party. Thanks, man. Hey, I brought a trifle. Hey, Patricia, thank you for coming to the party as well. Hi, Linda. Thanks for coming to my party. Hey, Sam. Hi, Chris. Thanks for coming to my party. No worries, Sam. It's cool. Thanks for coming to my party. No problem, Sam. Good to see you again. You too as well. Does any of you guys want some moths? Moths. Do you want some? Uh, do, do any of you guys want some moths? Moths. Does anybody want some moths at my party? Moths. I've got some moths. 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 The Sam Simmons Experience on Triple J. That's um. I that's I anyway. I think, for me, if I could continue to make things like that for the rest of my life, I'd be the happiest person in the world. I, that was just such a joy to make with Craig Shufton. Moths. Uh, here we go. Here's a here's an email. Dear Sam, I'm a Canadian teacher living in Clapeda. Clapeda, Lithuania. Um, this, again, sounds made up as well. You mentioned that you couldn't think of a meaning for peasy. That's right, because it was easy peasy Japanesey. What's a peasy? Um, in the last episode, my Lithuanian wi- wi- wife once warned me about using easy peasy because peasy is slang for vagina. <laughs> there you go. So the phrase uh, commonly used to suggest a super simple task is best not spoken aloud in our lovely little Baltic home. Easy vagina, easy peasy Japanesey. Easy vagina Japanese, I guess it's there. That's from Darren Van Ravensway. What a great name. Um, Darren Van Ravensway. Wow. 
Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Tyron, for the um, Tyron for the picture of the testicles you sent me. True story. Jessica Addison, thank you. Amy, um, she, I mentioned last time you sent me a really great video about dangerous toys. I think you can look this up yourself on the on the net. Uh, it was uh, 15 dangerous toys, but just a couple of words just to really entice you were facial, facial lacerations and lawn darts. That's a great name for a band, isn't it? Facial laceration. That's a really hard word to say. Facial lacerations. Shit, I can't say that. Facial lacerations. There you go. Lawn darts. I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay, here, we, here we've got one from Glenn. Hi, Sam. I've been enjoying your podcast thus far. That sounds like a threat thus far. I am Glenn. As discussed in episode three, I'm happy to answer any questions for your deep dive. That's right. I suggested you could suggest anything you want as a topic of deep dive. And I said, maybe if there's a person called Glenn, um, that's from Glenn in Ballina. So maybe I will get in contact with you, Glenn in Ballina, and I'll do a deep dive on you. Or I'll find out about a lot of different Glens um, and we'll work our way through it. Okay, what else have I got here? Um, just wanted to alert you of something. I'm a little worried about your movement could be confused with the ban old people shopping on Wednesdays group, which came into existence in 2014. It's a niche group, probably as niche as quiche. The main driving force is that all Aldi special buyers come out on Wednesday. And Bopsow don't believe that the oldies should get first dibs by queuing outside the store at 6am. The average old person waking at 5 a.m. Is that a real thing? Interesting. Um, but this is where it gets a bit skew-if. Also, sandwich suggestion. I used to love ketchup sandwiches. or well, tomato sauce sandwiches as a kid. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's disgusting. You can't... Uh, but you can't spread the ketchup inside... Stop saying ketchup. Um, but you can't spread the sauce inside the sandwich. Otherwise, by lunchtime, the bread's all soggy from the vinegar. Uh, but just butter the bread and give it to your daughter with a pot of uh, tomato sauce to dip it in. Yuck! And then he's written, mm, yummy, try it yourself. Nah. Um, <clears throat> loving the podcast from Oscar. And that's Oscar spelled A, oh, sorry, O-S-K-E-R. I've never, I've never seen an Oscar like that. Um, oh no, there was, there was an Oscar. Wasn't there a guy that used to ride bikes? Oscar Oppenheimer? No, probably not. Uh, all right. Uh, hey. Crumpets are a private thing. They are a private thing. Um, yeah, keep your sandwich suggestions coming in. Um, Luna's now gone off the grated carrot and hummus. So now we're back to avocado. Which is like, because your avocado is a potluck these days. Because there's a glut. I know there's an avocado. Avocado glut. Which is too many avocados and they're mowing them back into the earth. What is going on with the planet? What are we doing? Is everybody else really anxious or is it just me because I'm off medication? Are we all not just really worried about everything at the moment? Or is it all okay? I just don't know how to feel anymore. I don't know to be really stressed about um, the future for children. I don't, it's, I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't want to make you guys anxious during this podcast. So I'll put my anxiety away and we'll, we'll deep dive Fanta very, very soon. But I'm, first of all, I'm going to do a product read for a company. So last week, I mentioned if you've got a small business, I'll happily read... Um, a little bit of an advertorial for you. And if you are a big business listening, get in contact and you can pay for it. Um, So here we go, this is my first um, product read. Let's go. Hey there, baby. Sick of sitting on a shit stool? 
Well, you should head to Classy Joints. Classy Joints is a bespoke furniture and cabinetry firm operating out of the beautiful port city of Fremantle. I know it's, I know it's Fremantle, but I like to say Fremantle. Founder Spencer Parks has, has over 15 years experience within the furniture making field. Is that, a, is that like a football field that you go stand in and bloody, you just bend some bloody, do you do hot bamboo? You know that, um, is it, no, is that cane furniture? We have to like heat it up and you bend the cane. Anyway, specializing in solid timber joinery, solid timber, what? Uh, furniture, veneers and plywood. Plywood? That's not classy, Spencer. Anyway, class, the classy creation is based on the ethos of incredibly well-made products using new and time-owned techniques. <gasps> there you go. So there's way more there on the website, but I'm not going to read it all. Um, if you want to get it, if you do need, it does look like very nice furniture though. Like re, it does look classy, classy joints. Um, you can look them up. They're in Fremantle. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, Spencer. I did that to you, uh, to you, for you, for free. I'm going to do things to you. Yeah. Gonna put on a pair of fuck pants. Fuck pants. Um, I found that audio when I was going through some old hard drives uh, during the week and I knew I just wanted to put it in at some point. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed fuck pants. Uh, okay, we, let's get into some Fanta, guys. Let's, bloody, let's do this. So uh, it's February 1944 and Berlin is attempting to recover from American aerial bombing. Germany needs a new hero, a refreshing fizzy carbonated hero. Enter Klaus Fanta the inventor of Fanta. As a little boy, Klaus loved nothing more than squeezing mandarin skins into his eyes. Did you guys used to do that at, um, in primary school? You get a bit of orange peel and you go and you piff it and like the, the kind of like the, the, the vapor out of the skin would hit you in the eye and it'd sting. Anyway, um, that's not true about the Fanta guy. So look, after the war, life and industry continued on in uh, Berlin on the outskirts. In farmhouses, bottles, uh, bottles clang and a mix of ex-convicts, Chinese labourers and other workers fill glass bottles with what was likely a cloudy brownish liquid. This is one of Coca-Cola's makeshift bottling operations and they're making Nazi Germany's signature beverage, Fanta. So, all oh, right, there you go. So, now, now, Fanta was originally owned by coca No, it was invented by Coca-Cola um, inside of Nazi Germany during World War II. 
developed at the height of the Third Reich. Okay, so Coca-Cola were already in Germany before the war. The new soda ensured the brand's continued popularity. Fanta became a point of nationalistic pride and was consumed by the German public in force. Uh, Frau's cooking at home? What? From the Frau? Oh, the Frau's. The women cooking at home. That's sexist. Um, to the highest officials of the Nazi party. I mean, I mean, just think about that. A Nazi like Goebbels just having a Fanta. I'd like a Fanta, please. Just a Fanta and a sausage. Um, anyway, the drink was technically fruit flavoured, but limited wartime resources made the descriptor not wholly accurate. All right, so it was made of leftover apple fibres. Yuck. Mash from cider presses. And whey, a cheese product. Yuck. That's disgusting. So Fanta was originally like made of apples and cheese. What on earth is it? It's very German. Um, by the time Hitler and the Third Reich marched into Austria, Coca-Cola had been in Germany for nearly a decade. Coke was invented. I know the story of Coke. So Coke was cocaine. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was made from cocoa. The cocoa leaf, um, which makes cocaine. So yeah, back in the old... If you didn't know this, it's fascinating. You can, you can look that up yourself. But um, yeah, you drink... Coca-Cola and you'd be off your tits because it was used as a medicinal thing. Um, and it was, yeah, it's just cocaine in a bottle, which is, you know, it sounds good. Uh, in 1933, when Hitler and the Nazi party were assuming power, Max Keith, pronounced Geet, took over the company's journeys. Oh, who gives a shit? Anyway, uh, Hitler's invasion of Europe in 1939 didn't phase the company, so Coca-Cola just stayed there. Um, then on December 7, 1941, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, they invented Sprite. No, that's not true. That would be really funny, though, like if uh, certain fizzy drinks were just made during certain atrocities. Like, uh, I mean, anyway, sorry, I, I won't go too much further because it, yeah, I, I know I'll get in trouble. Um, I am French Jewish. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the US's entrance into World War II meant the American companies had to immediately stop all businesses in uh, Germany. Anyway, rah, rah. working with his chemists, Keith patched together a recipe with the limitations imposed by wartime rationing. It was bas basically made with the left. This is after the first batch. So it was made with fruit shavings, apple fibers. Apple fibers doesn't sound right, does it? And pulp, Ugh. beet sugar, that would be beetroot, and cheese again. Why? Good Lord. The liquid remaining after milk had been curdled and strained during cheese production. Yuck. Um, to name the concoction, Keith told his team to use their imagination. Joe Nip, a salesman, uh, pitched Fanta. Shorthand for the German word fantasy. Um, gee, I thought it was just orange flavour. Anyway, it was Fanta or nothing. Uh, in Germany, said Tristan Donovan, author of the book Fizz, How Soda Shook Up the World. What a boring read that would be. Mind you, I'm just second-hand quoting him here. Anyway, um, let's have a look here. There's little doubt that Keith worked with the Nazis. Oh, wow, so they were involved with the Nazi party. Fanta was directly involved. You could not do business inside of Nazi Germany unless you collaborated with them. So it is, it's a bloody Nazi drink. You probably shouldn't drink it then, should you? Although, well, Fanta bought... I mean, as if Fanta's going to come and get me. Um, in April 1955, Coca-Cola reintroduced Fanta with a new recipe. Yep, I guess yeah, um, they got rid of the cheese and um, beetroot. This time, as an orange-flavoured drink, it debuted in Italy before making its way to the US in 1958. They revived the name largely because it was convenient. After all, Coca-Cola already had the copyright. Rah, rah, rah. Um, I don't think that anyone at Coca-Cola cared that Fanta had its roots inside of the Nazi, of Nazi Germany, said Prendergast. 
Um, I think they thought no one would pay attention. Well, I did, didn't I? I bloody, I found out. So I think we heard, we've heard the rumours that Fanta is a Nazi drink, and there you go, it was. It was the drink of choice by the Nazi party. What a strange thing to... Because they used to, didn't they used to um, drug them up as well? So there was a lot of... I know a lot of uh, German troops are on methamphetamines, so they'd really get into battle and do awful things, and they're just bloody full of bloody meth and Fanta. God, it sounds like... Um, it sounds like the youth of Colac, just full of meth and Fanta. It's the, it's the kids of Warrnambool, um, basically. I'm equating the kids of Warrnambool and regional Australia with the Nazi party. What the fuck am I doing? Anyway, um, well, there you go. I guess that was, uh, that's probably the most I've dived deeply into a topic. We dove deep. We dove deep into Fanta. Now, speaking of Fanta, I'm really excited to tell you this story. Um, you may not know this, but I, many years ago... Uh, well, not many years ago, it was about 12 years ago, I did an advert for Fanta. So I, I am also, I'm, my, I've got Fanta on my hands. There's blood on my hands because of the Fanta's uh, affiliation with the Nazi party and the fact that I worked for them. But I filmed an advert for Fanta with Willem Dafoe. Um, the Willem Dafoe. Now, it was filmed in Mexico and we were tandem paragliding. So I was attached to Willem Dafoe, we're tandem paragliding for Fanta. We filmed it in the uh, just outside of Oaxaca in the deserts of Mexico, and uh, it was pretty. It was a you know it's a big budget shoot because you know it's Coca Cola money, CCA Amatel, um, and basically you know the tandem paraglider had a big Fanta logo on it. I'm attached to Willem Dafoe. We zoom up in front of the camera lens, and I say "Want a Fanta?" and then Willem Dafoe goes and just winks at the camera. Um, and that was the whole ad. And anyway, so we were about to do the first take. I was really scared because uh, I had never worked with such uh, such celebrity as Willem Dafoe, and um, you know, it was, you know, big money ad, and you know, a lot of pressure. I stupidly, in my parachute pants, um, up in the paraglider, I accidentally took up my mobile phone, um, which was, you know, really, uh, it's an amateur move in the film industry to take your phone or have your phone on because if it goes off. Especially in Australia, if your phone goes off during a shoot, you have to buy the crew a slab. Anyway, they didn't know that in America. A slab of beer, if that uh, if you're wondering what that is, if you're outside of Australia listening in. A slab of beer, which is a box of beer. A cart of beer. Um, so your phone goes off and somebody goes, slab! Um, so my phone went off, but because we were filming in Mexico um, with, a mo- with a mostly American crew, they had no idea, but uh, they thought I was an amateur. And I was really, uh, I was so embarrassed. Because, you know, like I said, I was attached to Willem Dafoe. His head was right behind me. My phone's going off. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Willem. And he's like, that's okay. And I went to turn it off and um, it started ringing again. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Willem said to me, he just because his head was right behind me, he just whispered into my ear. He's like, look, just don't, just answer it. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do it. That's not professional. He goes, look, you'll be thinking about it during the take. You'll, um, you know, and you'll carry that into your acting. So just answer it, get it out of your head, clear your head, and then we can do some acting. Um, for Fanta and uh, so I answered it and uh, this was a terrible time to have answered the phone because um, it was my father with some awful uh, yeah really shocking news from home um, this is hard for me to say this stuff uh, yeah my uh, my father had rung to tell me that his leg come off and this was yeah awful news to receive um, especially uh, when you're tan and paragliding for Fanta in the Oaxacan desert um, 
attached to Willem Dafoe. Uh, the, the, the news, it rattled me to the core. And I was like, what? and I said to my father, I said, what do you mean your leg come off? And he goes, oh, my leg full come off. And then now it's, now it's a bad, sad feeling. I was like, well, what? And he's like, well, it's a bad, sad feeling can my leg come off. And I was like, well, it would be a bad, sad feeling because your leg come off. And I said, it's full come off. And he goes, is my leg full come off? And I was like, wow. And uh, I just started weeping. I was sobbing. I hung up the phone and Willem, um, he was just there because he was tan and para- uh, I was tan and paragliding with him just right behind me um, as we were just sailing silently. I was just sobbing and weeping um, in the sky above the Oaxacan Desert. And Willem said to me, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, I just received some awful news from home. And he's like, do you care to share? And I said, I, I care to share. I'll, I'd, I'd spare the care to share. And he said, well, what, what happened? I said, well, my father just rang me then and told me his leg come off. And Willem was like, what, his leg come off? And I said, yeah, his leg full come off. And then Willem's like, well, how's he feeling? I said, well, it's a bad, sad feeling, obviously. And Willem's like, well, it would be a bad, sad feeling when leg come off. And uh, there we were just silently just um, gliding above the desert, the Fanta logo behind us rippling. And I was weeping and... Uh, Willem was trying to console me and he said, look, you could probably use this um, energy in the next take. And then he said, hang on a minute, you're a comedian, aren't you? And I said, well, sometimes I am. And he said, you know what? You could use this as your cause or your thing. You could get behind this. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, maybe you should start a foundation. I was like, oh my God. And that's what I did. I realized at that point that I wanted to start off International When Leg Come Off Day as a Bad Sad Feeling Day. And I registered the website. It didn't go anywhere, but I, re- I did register the website. And uh, I eventually got ribbons made up um, to, 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 to raise awareness of when leg come off. It's a bad, sad feeling, international bad, bad leg day. Uh, leg come off. And, um, and Willem was like, this is a great idea. And I was like, oh my God, yes, this is like my Hannah Gadsby moment. Like it's a big, big moment. I'm getting it out there. And um, yeah, I, I got ribbons made. Uh, they weren't a very good colour. All the fun colours are bloody always taken already. All the fun ribbons for most charities are gone. Um, I did go to the LG, LGBTQI community because I was like, because they originally had the pink ribbon, but then they got the rainbow as well. And then they got all the extra colours on the rainbow too. And I was just like, oh. so I went to them and they were a really powerful lobby. And I said to them, look, do you mind just shaving off one of the colours and just giving me a colour for my leg come off day as a bad, sad feeling ribbon? And they're like, no, we've got no colours to spare. And I said, yeah, but you can't have pink and the whole rainbow. That's not fair. Um, they um, Security ushered me out of the building. Um, so I've been left with a pretty shit ribbon. Um, it was designed by my small my small Greek friend, Stratos, who uh, whose leg come off. He has, uh, so we'll, the people who were involved in the charity all, uh, all, all had leg come off. Um, and Stratos was a small Greek boy with one leg and he designed the ribbon and not not a very lovely coloured ribbon it was kind of like a mustard puce with like a mint uh, coloured trim on the side um, and we sold them for $2 a ribbon and I think I would have sold I sold about 54 ribbons I believe and um, and eventually the website was uh, it was cancelled and closed down by Google for being um, offensive toward people whose legs who leg come off but um, yeah, look, I still do like to champion and carry on that spirit. So just remember, people, that together we can change the world when let come off day to international and a bad, sad feeling and make it into bad, sad. It's a bit sad, that bit, wasn't it? Sorry, I've just, I feel like I've bummed you out. Is it just sad? A sad bit, that was, wasn't it? 
Sad bit, 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 sad. Sad bit, sad. It's a little bit sad. Did you get really sad? You should get sad. If you did get sad, well, I think it's pretty bad. Some people might think that you might be a bad sad. It's a bit sad. It's a little bit sad. Did you get really sad? You shouldn't get sad. If you did get sad, well, I think it's pretty bad. Some people might think that you might be a bad sad. It's a bit sad. It's a little bit sad. Did you get really sad? You shouldn't get sad. If you did get sad, well, I think it's pretty bad. Some people might think that you might be a bad sad. It's a bit sad. It's a little bit sad. Did you get really sad? Cause you shouldn't get sad. If you did get sad, well, I think that's pretty bad. Some people might think that you might be a bad sad. It's a bit sad. It's a little bit sad. Did you get really sad? Cause you shouldn't get sad. If you did get sad, well, I think that's pretty bad. Some people might think that you might be a bad sad. It's a bit sad. It's a little bit sad. If you did get sad, well, I think that's pretty bad. Some people might think that you might be a bad sad. It's a bit sad. It's a little bit sad. If you did get sad, well, I think that's pretty bad. Sorry, that was a sad bit, wasn't it? Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Fun in the bum. Anyway, um, okay, well, look, uh, we're, we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon. It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm going to do this podcast for like hours. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's snackable size. I think heading toward 40 minutes is way too long. Um, So, yeah, anyway, we'll get into some final shitty trivias. And then let's wrap this up and go home, kids. Alrighty. Okay, let's get into some shitty trivia. Shitty trivia. Shitty trivia. So once again, um, fans of the shitty trivia segment, uh, just so you know, just because there are people out there like, well, you can't say that anymore. And you can, you can say anything pretty much anymore. It's fine. You're not really hurting people. You can still say stuff. So a lot of these trivias were written years ago and I'm randomly just reading them out from um, old printouts I have and uh, things I've kept in the desktop. Um, so, and in my old hard drives, doing deep dives in my hard drives, looking for audio and stuff. So much fun, weird stuff in there. So, some of these might be quite offensive now, but just think, 15 years ago, it was fine. It's fine to have these thoughts. So, anyway, here we go. Uh, let's get into some shitty trivia. Oh, my chair's squeaky. Squeaky chair! Alright, question number 14. It's a moral question. Anton finds a wallet on the bus. Inside is $100. If Anton returns the wallet, but spends $100 on buying wallets for the needy, is Anton a bad man? No, that's logically odd, isn't it? So, if he, there's $100 in a wallet, he returns a wallet, but spends $100 on buying wallets for people who need wallets. I suppose that makes sense. Question number seven. During what month of pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? No, it's September. I don't know. What does that mean? 
Anyway, uh, question number eight. Would you play a $2 scratchy called Lucky Tit? Of course you would. Question number three. Can a man have sex with a rectangle? The answer is yes, but it really, really hurts. Question number seven. Name the winged horse of Greek mythology. Name the winged horse of Greek mythology. No, it's Garth. It's great, because some of you out there would have been saying Pegasus, but you're wrong, it's Garth. Uh, question number 388. What is a crossword? What is a crossword? No, I would have accepted fuck or shit. Get it? Because uh, crossword, like crossword, not crossword the puzzle, but a crossword. Um, I used to love being threatened with people getting cross. So like, yeah, stop doing that, I'm going to get cross. Um, anyway, question number nine. Hors d'oeuvre, hors d'oeuvre. Mentally inefficient sex worker or finger food? Jeez, that's bloody risky, that one. That's hors d'oeuvre, as in hors d'oeuvre. Oh. Mentally inefficient sex worker or finger food? That's really wrong. Anyway, question number 42. Uh, Anton was late for school because he was tardy. But what type of tardy? Yep, there you go. See, that's offensive. That one there is definitely offensive. Um, even years ago it was offensive. I'll, I'll own that. I will own that. Anyway, look, guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm really loving making it. I'm loving getting emails. Keep sending your emails to samnichesquiche at gmail.com because I love hearing from you. I'm going to put some special pa uh, Patreon-only Patreon um, stuff up this week as well for patrons. You're very few. There's a few patrons. There's not many. But it's nice. I like having the few of you there, and I really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to go to Patreon, um, yeah, look it up via my um, Facebook or Instagram in my link tree. You'll be able to find a link to my Patreon. Um, all right, and here's a little bit of philosophy just before we go. A little bit of silly advice to make you feel good. Here we go. When you hear a dog owner command a dog to roll over, out of solidarity with the dog, you should roll over too. All right, guys, have a beautiful week. Bye.